Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. He is risen. All right, praise God. Let me hear that again. He is risen. Okay, indeed he has. Um, this time of year is so great. I mean, it is, it's exciting this time of year because uh, I like it, and I'm sure you do also. Um, and people wonder, why are you excited about today? What's so important about today? Well, today is important because if it were not for today, we have no hope. No hope whatsoever. Because of what Adam did uh, in the garden, uh, in Genesis, in, in chapter 3, in the sin, he separated us from God, and we had no way back to him. And because God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, he sent him into the world to live a sinless life, to die for our sins, and rose again. He is risen. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And because he lives, so will we also. Uh, it's appointed for man to die once, but hey, we don't have but one time to die if he tarries. If he comes tomorrow, we'll all be taken up. Oh, that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. Uh, but I know that if we die once, we will not partake of the second death. Okay, we won't partake of that. Uh, that's for... Uh, those who haven't received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So this is a great time of year, this, this day. A lot of people claim to be uh, saviors or deliverers for many type of religious groups. Uh, he, Jesus Christ is the only one that's rose, and he's alive. He has risen. The title of the message today is, It is Finished. It is Finished. What is finished? Let's look in the Gospel of John chapter 19. And let's see some of the things that God has said to it in verse 28. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, and that's finished, all things have been accomplished, to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. What is finished? Well, I believe that one of the main things that we want to uh, talk about today is our Intimacy with Jesus Christ, our fellowship with him, which has been restored. When he said it is finished, that separation that we had uh, because of Adam's sin, Jesus Christ paid the price for us. And we can walk in righteousness through grace because we're in Christ Jesus. And that is exciting. Let's turn it. The Gospel of John, turn back a little bit, chapter 17, verse 1. It says, Jesus spoke these things, 
and lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, thou hast come glorify your son, that his son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Christ Jesus, whom you have sent. Oh, that is so exciting. Because it's telling us that this is eternal life. In other words, he died, he rose again, that we may rise again, we may be with him eternally. We may be with our Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Angels. We may be there all through eternity. And this eternal life is called knowing him. To me, that speaks of intimacy. To me, that speaks of not just a casual knowing. It's not just a, well, I know who he is. Well, demons know who he is. But they don't have that intimate relationship with him. They don't serve him. And so that is so important because he said in another place that even though people were casting out devils in his name and and doing all sorts of miracles in his name, he says that I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And that's serious because they're doing miracles in his name, but yet he says, I never knew you. I want to be known, and I want to know him as he wants me to know him. Because you know for a fact that he is all-knowing. So when he says, I never knew you, how can he say, I never knew you, if he knows everything? I believe he's telling us that, no, no, we didn't have that intimate relationship. We didn't have that relationship where we commune. Let's go a little bit further. Let's look in verse 10. This is what that type of relationship tells me. This is one of the long prayers of Jesus, the longest one they say was recorded. And it says, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine. I have been glorified in them. This is Jesus speaking. He's talking to the Father, because he's praying to the Father, and he says that all things that are mine are yours, and all things that are yours are mine. That type of relationship where can you get that kind of relationship unless you have that intimacy? Oh, that's so exciting. You know that usually the only person that, that, that you have that type of relationship is your mate or your children. And even sometimes your children, you know, everything they have. You don't give them your checkbook. You don't, you don't, give, them, you don't give them. You don't say, oh, you know, you don't do that, see. Don't do that. Am I right? Come on now. Am I right? Yeah. You don't do that. You give them some things, right? Your mate now, you're supposed to give everything, right? But we know that that's not all the time true either, right? (laughs) Right, come on now. If we're going to be real, come on. (laughs) Some things you just don't touch that belong to your mate, right? Yeah, some things you don't touch. I stay out of the kitchen unless I'm doing what what Minerva tells me to do. That's, That's off limits, you know, off limits. Off limits. Yeah. But isn't that some good intimacy? Huh? 
All that's yours is mine. All that's mine is yours. I believe that's the type of relationship, matter of fact, I know it. That's the type of relationship that God wants with us. Can he really trust us to say that all I have is yours? And can we trust him enough to say all I have is yours? Can we really trust each other enough to do that? Because after all, he said we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Heirs of God, right? Well, we know that we, we have it, but is he going to release it to us? Is he going to trust us enough to do that? Do we trust him enough to do that? Or are we saying to him, well, all I have is yours, but um, you can have this and you can have that. I'm going to hold on to this for a little while. It's yours, but I'm going to hold on to it a little while. Right? You know how, how we say, we know uh, everything is, is God's, it belongs to God, but we won't dare give it to him. Right? That's not a relationship that he wants with us. He wants a relationship where everything you have is his. If he says stop, you stop. If he says go, you go. Because after all, our life is his, right? If he said don't say this, you don't say it. If he said say this, you say it. Because your words belong to him. Everything. Your feet belong to him. Your hands belong to him, as the youth said. They don't belong to them, and they belong to him. All he has is ours, and all his ours is his. That's the relationship. And that was, he said, it's finished because that relationship has been restored. We have the opportunity for that relationship with him. The living God that created all things. There's nothing that you see in existence that hasn't been put in, in existence by him. Nothing. As, as complicated as we are, he put it together. He put everyone together. He knows exactly where the eyes are supposed to go, where the nose is supposed to go, doesn't he? Right. He doesn't put our, our fingers on our head. Right, does he? I mean, I mean, God is awesome, is it not? Oh, my goodness, Yes. And he says that you can have intimacy with me. That's what he says. Wow. I said, oh, God, I I, I want that. I really want that. Let's go a little bit further. He also says that it is finished. And he's talking about now not intimacy. That's one. But he's talking about the works of the devil. It's finished. It's finished. Let's look at it in, uh, let's look in 1 John. Let's go there in the epistle, chapter 3, verse 1. And it says here, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we are called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. Now we are children of God. We're not going to be children of God. We are children of God now, they're saying. And it has not appeared yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. Oh, come on. Isn't that great? That we're going to be like 
our God when he appears. That's the type of, come on, your children look like you. I hope. <laughs> come on. Don't they? Don't they, right? Yeah. Is something wrong if your children look like the mailman? Is something wrong, right? Something wrong. <laughs> I don't know, something wrong. We, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> okay. We, we need to really say, okay, God, we, as you are, we're going to be just like you are. I don't know how I'm going to be, but I know I'm going to be just like you. Because we see, we will see him just as he is. Oh, boy, that's, that's, that's awesome. Let's look at verse 4. Everyone who practices, and that means continues to practice, sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared. Come on. He appeared. He said, it's, a, it's finished. That means that he came into this world. He lived, and he died, and he rose again. He said, it is finished. He appeared in order that he may take away sins. That's what he said. He may take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. No one who abides or continues to abide in him sins. No one who continues to sin has seen him or knows him. That's important. It says that little children, make sure that no one deceives you. Because there are people who have tried to deceive you. And they are... uh, they are prompted by the enemy to deceive people thinking that we can sin and still be okay and continue to sin and be okay. It says the one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who practices or continues to practice sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared. I don't think you hear me. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. What purpose did the Son of God appear? Because he says, it is finished. If he says it's finished, that means that I have appeared and the work is finished. And it says here, to destroy the works of the devil. Come on. That means that he appeared to destroy the works of the devil. That's his purpose. That means if he said it's finished, that means that the works of the devil are through. It's over in our lives. It's over. He has no authority over us. None. It is finished. It is finished. I said glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. He says, no one who, practice, who, who is born of God practices sin because his seed, his seed abides in him and cannot, and he cannot continue to sin because he's born of God. When you get born again, you cannot continue to sin. You cannot continue to sin. I didn't say you can't sin. I say you can't continue to sin. Because our seed, his seed is in us. And a seed is going to produce as its kind. Am I correct? And when that seed grows, the more it grows, the more we're going to be like Jesus. Oh, it, it is. He's going to consume us. You won't be able to tell the difference between him and us. Because that seed is growing. 
I said, oh, I like that, God. I like that. This is really, really good. The devil, he'll try to, he'll try to deceive us because we, we have a lot of works of the devil. And the devil, he'll try to, he'll, guys, he'll try to give our, get our hands, like you said, the hands to do different things. He'll try to get our mouth to say different things to people, doesn't, doesn't he? Huh? Right. Um, all sorts of things come out of it by this little tongue, doesn't it? All sorts of stuff come out of this tongue. And, and God says, no, you know, but I put a bright on that thing. Because you don't want to say things that God hasn't told you to say. The devil tried to get us to do that. And it's set on fire by hell, another scripture says in James. So what we want to do is, God, I want you to have control over my tongue. I want you to have control of my feet. I want you to have control of my eyes. I want you to have control of my ears. Come on. I want you to have control of my hands. I want you to have total control. Now, I know we're the type of people in America that we don't want to people to have control of us. Right? No, no, we want him to have total control. Total control. Yeah. Now, how are we going to ever do that living in this body? Because this body is not the body that we will get. When he appears, we'll be like him, but this body does not want to act right. Yours might want to act right. But mine, oh, it does not want to act right. Right? And so... While we are not in our heavenly body and we're in this earthly tabernacle, the scripture said, we are groaning and we are yearning for our heavenly tabernacle that we don't have. And so we want this body of death to be shaken off of us, but it won't happen in this life. But how, so how are we going to control our eyes, our mouth, our ears, our body, how we're going to control these things when it's a natural tendency, we have this earthly body. Our spirit is born again. Uh, We can renew our mind. Those are things we can do. What can we do? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. God does never tell us, he never tells us to do something and doesn't give us the ability to do it. Never. So if he says that you cannot continue to sin, that means that you can't continue to sin. So it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, finally, so after he said all the things he said, he's laid a foundation for things to the, to the church at Ephesus. He's, he's already told them things that they needed to do. He's talked to the husband. He's talked to the wife. He's talked to the children. He's talked to the uh, servants. He's talked to everybody. And he says, okay, now, finally. What, what, what's finally? Because final means, means I need to tell you this right here because if I don't tell you this, you're not going to be able to put this thing together. Finally, be strong in the Lord. That's the key. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his strength. We cannot be strong in ourselves. You can lift all the weights you want to. You can do all the ice message, message you want. You can run the marathon and your legs can be strong enough to bench or uh, to depress, uh, squat 300,000 pounds. You're still not going to be strong. <laughs> That's a strong leg, isn't it? 
you won't be able to do anything against the devil. He is tough in his arena. We are no match for him without Christ. With Christ, he is no match for us. Because when he says it's finished, he says, look, you put on my armor. You put on my armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil, the stratagems of the devil. For you got to realize you don't struggle against flesh and blood. So stop, you know, bickering with one another. Stop pointing fingers at one another. Stop doing all this. But against the rulers and against the powers, against the, the forces of this world's darkness, against the spiritual forces in wicked places, Look, don't realize, uh, don't, don't, don't you think that, that your enemy is somebody in the flesh. Don't think that, please. Your enemy is the, in the heavenlies. Therefore, I want you to take on my armor, that you may be, re, be able to resist in that evil day when he comes uh, uh, trying to get you to say something, when he's trying to get you to do something you're not supposed to do. You put on my armor. And you stand firm. And having done all to stand, I want you to stand. And it tells you about having, a, having on, uh, have your lawns girded about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Having a, everything is dealing in the word of God. I want you to have, be so word oriented. I want you to understand everything about you. If you think about a Roman soldier, I don't care whether it's a helmet. I don't care whether it's a feet shot of preparation of gospel peace. I don't care whether you have a sword of the spirit. Everything is the word of God. Everything is the word of God. And if you have that, you'll be able to stand. Because when the enemy came against Jesus, the only thing Jesus said, Jesus didn't take out a rock and throw at him, did he? All he did is say, it is written. It is written. When that word come forth, that word is mighty and powerful. Anytime Jesus speaks a word, that word has power to it. It has power to it. Even in, in, in the garden when they came to, to get him, uh, after Judas had, had, had betrayed him, and um, they said, well, uh, hey, uh, who, who, is this the one that he said, are you looking for me? I'm he. You know, what happened to them? Just the words he spoke, what happened to them? They fell backwards, didn't they? Fell down. Can you imagine that? Some of you just speak some words, are you looking for me? And poof, you fall over. Those are some powerful words, aren't they? Right? Don't you realize that these are powerful words? When spoken, because they are spiritual. These words are spirit. They have life. You just speak the word, and when you speak the word, and you're speaking it because you have that intimacy with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit rises up in you, and the Holy Spirit, he puts that force behind, that spiritual force, and it does his work. It will not turn void. It shall prosper to the thing which he sent it. Oh, it is good. It is good. Yes, it's good. It is finished. We can be restored to our relationship. It is finished. The works of the enemy is finished. It is finished also in that now, before we had limited access to Jesus Christ. Limited access to God. Limited. We couldn't. In the Old Testament, how are you going to see him? Are you going to just go talk to him? You can try to go into the tabernacle if you want to to the Holy of Holies and see what happened to you. Right? The only one could go in there was the high priest, and there's only one time a year, so no access. You might, you might can hear what God says, but you're going to hear it through a prophet. In the Old Testament, you're not going to hear it through yourself, right? But now, 
Oh, the access is unlimited. <laughs> it's unlimited because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We talk to God all the time. Anytime you want to. You can wake up at three months. It don't care what, don't care what shift you're on, James. You can talk to God. Any shift. Everybody else sleep, you up because you're on a different shift than everybody else up, and you can talk to God. You don't have to wake Angie up to talk to God. Right? What you saying? You better not wake up, right? No, 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 no. Because you're on first shift. No. Come on. You know what I'm talking about now. Talk to God anytime you want to. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. I have a wife. I know you women, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you get you get kind of well, sometimes you get kind of frustrated or irritated with the with, with, with the man or the house. You know what I'm talking about? You get and, and you gotta go talk to God, but you don't want him to hear you. So you gotta wait till he go to bed when you're up. You you you're up you need to talk to God. You know. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know you know what I'm talking about, Laura. Come on. I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know the Lord is a man of God, but he's not Jesus. Come on there. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is in us. 24-7. Access to God. He knows the mind of God. Come on. Access to God himself. Yeah. We got it. We want to take this opportunity. Uh, I, 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 let me just... While the, while the youth are getting, get, get, getting ready, because they're, they're going to do a, a dance here in a minute. Um, chapter 16 of John, the Gospel of John. And it tells us a little bit, a little bit about the Holy Spirit, um, starting in verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I may go away. When he said, it's finished, it's finished. I now are going away, but I'm going to give, give you another helper, just like me. He's going to be with you always. He's going to be in you. Why, why did he need to go away? If Jesus were still here today, how is he going to be with us and be down the street? Because we got one, two, three, four across from Kroger, five. Six over the neighborhood, six churches. Right here. How is it going to be at every church? Right? But the Holy Spirit, He's in China, He's there. Vanessa in Uganda, He's there. You see what I'm saying? He's there everywhere. He's there everywhere. He's in you. Whether you're riding, whether you're just walking, He's with you. Jogging, He's with you. All the time, 24 7. Every single Christian in the world. Oh, my goodness gracious. Total access all the time. All the time. We talked about that he is, it is finished. When he said it is finished, we now have a restored relationship with our Father. We now don't have to worry about the, 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 the works of the enemy because it's been destroyed. And destroyed means demolished. It's not just a little tinkle thing. Demolish, just wipe them out. Uh, now we have total access, access to God 24-7. That's exciting. And the last thing we want to talk about when he said it is finished is telling us that 
we can be like him. It's no longer that we can't be like God. We can't be like our Lord and Savior. We can't be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. It's finished. We can. We can now. We can. If we look in uh, Galatians, let's go there for just a minute. Uh, Galatians chapter uh, 5 verse 22. It tells us that the, when we were in the flesh, we had all those things happening, the evidence of the flesh in verse 19, 20, 21. But when it's talking about 22, verse 22, that tells us that now by the f- fruit of the Spirit, that means the, the effect of or the result of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, the result of it would be love. The result of Him living in you and me, is that you now have a God-pay type of love, that unconditional love that only God has. We can love our enemies now. We couldn't do that at first, but now we can. When he said it is finished, we can love our enemies. We can have joy in the midst of our circumstances. We can have peace when the world says, why would you have peace in these times and, and things going on like it? We can have peace because it's not our peace. It's a, it is a result of the one that's inside of us, God. He's in us. It's his peace. It's a result of him residing in us. And it says over here, we can have long suffering. We don't have to be uh, intolerant of one another. We don't have to be saying, well, hey, uh, I, I can't be like anybody. I don't want to be around anybody but people just like me. They got to look like me. They got to make the same kind of income I have. They got to have the same type of job. Had to have, live on the same side of tracks. We in the same neighborhood. It doesn't have to be that anymore. Right? Because it was once upon a time you could only live certain places. Right? But he says, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's not like that anymore. Because long suffering. Long suffering. Right? Well, that's with one another. With one another. We don't have to get bent out of shape because Somebody didn't control their mouth, right? Have you ever not controlled your mouth? Yeah. You ask for forgiveness, you repent, I mean, you change your mind on that thing and, and want to turn, you cry out to God for help in that situation. He says long-suffering because he's in you. I want this long-suffering to come out. It says kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and uh, King James says temperance or self-control, New American Standard. We have it inside of us. We can be like he is because is this the way God is? It tells me that the fruit of the spirit and the spirit is capital S. It's not our spirit. It's no fruit of us. It's his fruit. So that means if it's his fruit, is the Holy Spirit God? Absolutely. He's God. We believe in the Trinity here. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. Okay. So we have God living in us. It's his fruit. It's the manifestation of him. His result of being in us, we have that. We can be like him now. If, but when we were unsaved, we didn't have the Holy Spirit living in us. We didn't have the Holy Spirit living in us. We couldn't be long-suffering. Oh, God might have uh, uh, given us the ability, because you know some people are unsaved, and, and they, they are more seemingly tolerant 
and, and, and long-suffering than a Christian. Come on. Have you known somebody like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know you're talking. Yeah. It's just, that's, that's a gift from God, too. But let me tell you, when you don't have God, I don't care how long-suffering you are because of the gift from him, every area of you is, is tainted by sin if you don't have God. Guarantee. You have to have God to be washed clean. Oh, yeah, you got to have God. Let's go to the last scripture in Romans 6. In Romans 6, it tells us something that I, I, I can be like him even though I occasionally will sin. Occasionally. Sometimes I'll say something I shouldn't say. I have to ask for forgiveness. Sometimes I'll do something I shouldn't do. I have to ask for forgiveness. But it's not an everyday thing. It's not something, something like, my name is Willard Taylor. I'm a sinner. You know, I will always be a sinner. I always have been a sinner. Now, it's not one of those type of confessions. <laughs> no. Willard Taylor used to be a sinner. Now I'm a saint. Are you a saint? That's what the scripture says, y'all. A saint doesn't mean that you are... <laughs> That you all have wings and you, you know, flapping on. No, it just means that you are set apart. You're set apart for holy use. You are sanctified. Sanctified by Christ Jesus. If we're in him. And it says in, in, in chapter 6. Let's look at verse 6. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin, this, this, this body of sin, might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. We can be like he is. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never again to die, death has no longer any master over him. For death, for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider, reckon, that means, yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so as to obey its lust and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead because he's he's alive isn't he? he has risen he has risen then we need to then present our members as instruments of righteousness to God it says, for sin shall not be master, or the King James said, have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but you're under grace. And the law, the strength of the law is sin. And we're under grace, which doesn't mean we have the liberty to do whatever we want to, when we want to, how we want to, with whom we want to. No, it just means that uh, we don't have to try to do a law. The law is inside of us. Oh, and we just, we just, we want to be 
loving because he's loving. We want to be graceful because he's graceful. We want to be uh, kind because he's kind. It's not a, a law we have to commit uh, to, to do. It's, it's just a, a lifestyle that we want because he's changed our hearts. Now, this last verse here is important. For sin shall not be master over you. And I was reading one place that said that uh, human beings are going to be mastered one way or the other. Because we were not built, we, have, we are free moral agents. Uh, we, we have a will, right? We, have a, uh, we can do things uh, that we want to be able to do. We can do them. And what I was saying is that we're going to be mastered anyway. It just, just depends on who's going to be your master. If, if we are born again, then our master, everybody, everybody was born supposed to have a desire, everybody in a way, has something inside of them that they yearn to, uh, for something that they, they are searching for. All these religions and things like that, they are searching for something that's higher for them, than themselves. They don't realize this is God. We realize it's God when God opens our eyes. We realize it's him, and we want to be mastered by him. We don't want to be mastered by sin, but if we're not mastered by God, we are mastered by sin. We're going to be mastered. We're going to be mastered. I want to be mastered by God. I don't want to be mastered by sin. So that's why I gave my life to him. Tired of sinning. Weren't you? Okay. But that's what we wanted to to talk about today. And I'm so glad that you came because it's it's a celebration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.